Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to be seen this morning. Hey. <laughs> good morning, everybody. You good? Glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I wish y'all to sound like it when you sing these next couple of songs. Get into it a little bit. Get into some worship this morning. That's what I'm saying. Play some southern rock. You can go sit in the back corner. It'll be all right. We're going to get it together this morning, ain't we? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we have to come together in this house today. I ask that you just bring joy into this room, abundant joy. Let the Holy Spirit just move through this place. Bring everybody up to the level of rejoicing in the name of the Lord. Celebrate that we are here today. Celebrate that we have life today. Celebrate that the Son of God died on the cross for us. Let's lift him up as they did in the desert. Give us strength and give us power. Give us praise this morning. Bless the offering that's going to be taken up in this church this morning to let it be used to build the kingdom of God stronger and better. Let each person here, heart, be touched today by something special that happens in this service. Watch over us, keep us strong, and keep us safe. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we have to come together. Father, I ask that you bless the reading of the word today. Watch over us as we go through this service and let each phase of our worship be part of the worship that we do. I give you the, the I give you the glory. I give you the everything. I just ask that you enter this place right now. That each heart will receive what they need. Each ear will hear what they need to hear. And each eye will see what you have for them. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, last week we didn't get to do communion. This week we're going to. So let's get started with that first. Jesus called his disciples together. He told them to go into the upper room for the meal for the Passover. When he got them into the upper room, he sat down and they had their meal. He took the bread. And he said to the disciples, this is my body. That will be broken for your I can't say the word iniquities and for your health and your sicknesses. And he said, "Take and eat of it." After he prayed over it, he said, "Dear Heavenly Father, this is my body. Let them take and eat." He said, "Take it and eat." Once they ate of the bread, he picked up the cup. And he told them that this cup contained a representation of his blood that was going to be shed to wash away their sins. And to seal a covenant between him, God, and us. And he told the disciples, take and drink. And when they had drank it, 
he gave them this story. And he told them that he would be taken to the cross and crucified again. He told them of his demise coming. They didn't listen. They didn't want to think about it. But as they departed the room and went into the garden, he asked his disciples to sit by the gate and to pray. And he left them there at the gate and he went up further into the garden. He asked God if there was any way that this cup could be taken from him. He pleaded with God to take it away. God's answer to him was not in his favor. He turned to God and he said, let your will be done, not mine. That was a sacrifice that Christ made for you. He made it for you and for me that our bodies would be healed and that the gifts of the Spirit of healing and the gifts of the Spirit to be sin-free were all available to us. And don't get me wrong, he didn't say we weren't going to sin, did he? He said we'd be sin-free. Our sins would be paid for. He paid a tremendous price for us. We need to rejoice in that. We need to celebrate the fact that Jesus died for us. We need to lift him up, not only on the first Sunday or sometimes the second Sunday, we need to be lifting Christ up every day and giving him praise for what he did. So I'm going to say it in an old country way, okay? Suck it up, buttercups, and start putting God where he needs to be. Suck it up, buttercups, and put God where he needs to be. He don't need to be on the back burner when everything else fails, right? You put him first in everything. All right. Why don't you go to Matthew. Now, why don't you go to Matthew... Give me a second, guys. Matthew 12. Matthew 12, verse 18. I guess that's what y'all waiting for, right? Jesus started verse 18 out with a word we all know, right? It says, Behold. In other words, look at me. Listen to me. Hear what I got to say. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon you, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, 
A smoking fluke he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will trust. Who do you think he's talking about? Who do you think he's talking about? Not who he's talking to. Not who he's talking to. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He's saying, I'm going to send him to take care of you. I'm going to put you in a place where you have an opportunity to turn your life around. You can choose to do so, or you can choose not to. Pretty heavy weight there for us, isn't it? we got to make a conscious decision. Do I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior? Do I believe that the body that he was taken to the post and beaten, was it enough to pay for my sins and my sicknesses and my illnesses? Did he do enough? Do we understand he did enough? But he wasn't finished at the post, was he? He went back to court again. Some of y'all understand going back to court again. He went back to court again and was tried again and found guilty not by the, the leadership, not by the governor, not by Pharaoh, not by any of those people. Who was he found guilty from? The people he came to save. How many times are we going to try Christ? How many times are we going to put him through that court? He died for us, didn't he? He paid the price that you owe. You know, he didn't owe that price for Michael's sins. He didn't owe that price for any sins or John's or mine. He didn't even owe the price for his sins. He had none. But yet, he took that beating for our sicknesses. We complain about, oh, I don't feel good. How do you think he felt that day? About the 27th time they hit him with that whip. That might have been your time that he took a lick for you. He might have took that 28th lick for somebody else that you know. But I tell you this, from 1 to 39, he took every one of them for all of us. We don't have to suffer. We have to have faith in God. Amen. See, we live by faith. I believe Jesus Christ went to that post. I believe he took that beating for me. I'm greedy a little bit there. He did it for me. And I wasn't even born yet. But he did it for me. Then they took him off the post. They took him into the city. And his own people that he was sent here to save turned against him. His own people. Can you imagine how that must have felt? How many of y'all had somebody turn against you that you loved? Every day. But how would you like it if the whole 
world all at one time turned against you. That's what happened to Jesus. And not only did they turn against him, but they picked a thieving, murdering, lying scumbag over him. <laughs> I bet he was feeling real good at that point, don't y'all? And he drug that cross through the city and he was spat on. He was kicked. He was marked. He was just martyred bad. People didn't respect him at all. Three days later, they were praising his name. Today, they're cussing him. Uh, how many of y'all have seen that happen? Uh, how many of y'all done that? Man, come on. But he carried that cross through the city and he walked up on that hill. And he laid down on that cross. I'm going to tell you right now, the Roman soldiers did not put him on that cross. They didn't have the power to put him on that cross. He laid down on that cross for you and me. He knew what was coming. You think he really, on that day, if you were him and you had to face what had just happened to him, over the night and over the day up until that time of the day, how would you have felt about laying down on that cross for them? They'd have had to drag me kicking, screaming, hollering, and cussing and forced me to do it. Christ did it because he loved us. Christ knew the whole picture too, didn't he? He knew what they were fixing to do to him would be temporary. Can I tell you something today? Whatever you're facing in your life, Whatever demons are chasing you right now, whatever sin is in you, whatever's going on in you is temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. So why are you fussing over it? Why are you fighting over it? Why are you denying God over it? Why are you not presenting it to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, forgive me for this and move on? Like that old saying said, build a bridge and get over it. Because whatever you've done, wherever you're at in your life, you think you're surprising God? <laughs> you think you've done something that he didn't know about? Let me tell you something. Your life is like a, a you live in a glass house when it comes to God. God even knows what you think. Whether you say it or not, He knows what you think. And when you go to these things and you, you tell these stories about, oh, I just couldn't do it. I didn't. I, blah, 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 whatever your excuse is. You better make sure your excuse is legit. Because you can lie to me. You can lie to all these folks. Let me tell you something. When he looks into your heart, you can't lie to him. It don't matter what excuse you use. Jesus didn't use no excuses, did he? God didn't use no excuses when he made us. Excuses are like elbows. Everybody's got two. One's right and one's wrong. I can make excuses. I have made excuses. 
I even make excuses for y'all. I make excuses for y'all when I talk to God. Jesus stood on the cross, hanging on the cross. He made one of the best excuses in the whole wide world. Y'all want to know what he said? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. You think they didn't know they were hanging him on a cross? You think they didn't know they were punishing a man that didn't need to be punished? Do you think they didn't know that he was the Son of God? Hmm. Some of them did, some of them didn't. Some of them thought so. Twelve of them, I know of, it was revealed to them who he was. And what does twelve do? One denied him three times. The others scattered so far, we don't even know where they went. There were no stories written about what they did. They just disappeared. What did the thousands of followers that chased him all over the country when the man couldn't even take a nap without somebody bothering him? Where were they? They were at the cross saying, crucify him, crucify him, kill him, get rid of him. They turned their backs on him. And he made the biggest excuse in the world. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. How long do you think that excuse is going to last? How long do you think God's going to take that excuse that forgive them, they don't know what they're doing? There's no reason that anybody in the sound of my voice doesn't know the truth about God. There's no reason that people all over this world don't know what Jesus did. This is 2021. You can't hiccup in public without somebody knowing about it. <laughs> Our videotaping it and putting it out on Facebook. I knew Sean was home before, me, before Annie even announced it. You know why? I read Facebook. I learned a lot of stuff this last week on Facebook. But you know what? I also learned a lot of stuff this week in God's book. Turn off your Facebook and turn on God's book. You get into God's Word and find out what God says. Live the way God told you to live. Do what God told you to do, and you'll be a lot better off than Facebook. Where did I stop? Huh? 22? Somebody turned my page and messed me up. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him so that the blind and the mute men both spoke and saw. Ooh, this is getting good, ain't it? And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Hmm. Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, the fo This fellow does not cast out demons except by, 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 by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. You know who Beelzebub is? The devil. But Jesus knew their, their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to dissolution, and every city or house divided against itself 
will not stand. Can I tell you something, folks? That house is you. When you're sitting there splitting your way, you're trying to live for God, but you're still hanging on to Satan. You're living for Jesus on Sunday and living like hell Monday through Friday. I know I'm getting mean, aren't I? But you know what? We need to hear this. Because if you live in sin all week, going to church on Sunday is not going to help you a whole lot. You got to start living for God every day of your life. You got to start living for God every moment you're alive and breathing. You got to praise God all the time. You got to be in prayer. Jesus said to be in constant prayer. If I'm in constant prayer and I'm always talking to God, when does the devil have a chance to get a word in edgewise? Get yourself so busy with God, Satan can't touch you. Get so busy with God, you don't have time to think about doing something wrong. Get so busy with God, you don't have time to revolt against your parents. Get into God so much, you don't have time to cheat on your wife. Get into God so much, you don't have time to drink. Get into God so much, you don't even have time to think about nothing but God. Can we change? Can we change? Can we do that? Let me tell you something. You cannot do it on your own. This is what I'm saying to you. You cannot change on your own. The Bible says, I can all do all things through who? Christ. Who what? If I don't have Christ in my life, how am I going to change my life? I worked on it for almost 32 years before I found out I messed this all up. I messed this all up. And then I called on God to fix it. Let me tell you something. God can fix you. God can fix whatever's in your life. But there's one thing that you got to understand. God won't do it unless you allow it. You got to change your stinking thinking, change your stinking living, change what you're doing, and start living by what He says to do. Don't get on the fence. Tim's right. Don't get on that fence. And I'll give you another secret. Don't reach back behind you and hold on to that fence thinking, I can go back when I want to. Get away from that fence. Get away from that fence. You know why? That fence belongs to the devil. And as long as you keep a hand on the devil, oh, I'm fixing to preach something here. Y'all ready? As long as you've got a hand on the devil's fence, he's still got a hand on you. And if he's got a hand on you, you can't receive what God's given you because one hand's busy with the fence, the other hand's busy praising his name. What are you going to catch the blessing with? Let me tell you something, folks. I'm not one of those guys that preach brimstone and hell and fire and all that. I don't preach that stuff, right? I'm one of them preachers, I want to tickle your ear and make you feel good when you leave here. I don't want you leaving here thinking, I ain't coming back to listen to that man. He's always all over my feet. I don't want to do that to you. I, I want to be that sweet, kind guy that tells you, 
Oh, it's going to be all right. You just go out there and live however you want to. God's going to forgive you. How many tennis shoes I can run? <laughs> well, I can attempt to run. <laughs> I am not the preacher that's going to tell you, you go do what you want to. You go live your life the way you want to. Charlie, you say, I was the, what was I, the nail? I put the nail in and you said it? Well, I'm fixing to change that saying today. I'm fixing to drive that nail all the way through that coffin. Because if you don't change your stinking thinking and your way of living, and you don't turn your life over to God, and you don't walk in the presence of Jesus Christ, and you don't submit yourself to God's rules and His ways, you are going to die and go to hell. And there ain't nothing I can do to stop it. I can't change you. I can't make you better. I can't teach you if you're not willing to listen. It says faith comes from hearing of the Word. But you won't get no faith if you won't listen to the Word. Amen. Oh, but Jay, I go to church every Sunday. I park my motorcycle in a shop every day. Does that make it a car? Just because you go to church don't mean you're a Christian. Just because you praise God's name on Sunday don't make you righteous. You want to be right with God? Start doing what God told you to. <laughs> he sure does. I see him all the time. We've got to get to a point where we understand something, folks. The day of the feel-good preacher is over. The day of me telling you, God loves you, you can go do whatever you want to, and he'll still love you. That ain't what this book says. This book said if you don't live the way he tells you to, he will blot you from the book of life. And if you get blotted from the book of life, where does that leave you? Hell. He told you how to go to hell. He's told us time and time again in this book how to go to hell. What he did, what he did tell us also was how not to go. And it says submit yourself. Ooh, ooh, do you really want to submit yourself to God? Do you really want to do what God said do? Do you really want to live a way that God will say, well done, my good and faithful child, when you walk into the gates of heaven? Do you really want that? And start being obedient to what the Word says. And quit candy-coating your excuses. And quit making up stories about of how life is just too hard for me. I was born this way. I was born to be... Ooh. Oh, come on, Mindy. Mindy just spoke it out before I got to it. I don't care what you were born to be. I don't care what condition you were born in. I don't care what you've done when you were a little baby and you grew up in the church. And your daddy was a preacher and all that stuff. You know what? That and 50 cents won't even get you a phone call no more. What gets you to heaven is giving your life to Christ. And if y'all don't like the fact that I talk about getting saved all the time, maybe it's because you're not there and you don't want to hear it. That thing ain't giving me enough room. 
it's got to get to a point where you understand this. It's not all about you, boo-boo. It's about your relationship with God. What kind of relationship you got with him this morning? You have him on a first name basis? I know what his first name is, do y'all? His name's Andy. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he gives me by. Y'all don't know Andy? I know God's name is Andy. <laughs> Work. <laughs> you know what? We can have fun in God, can't we? We can celebrate. We can uplift each other with the power of Jesus Christ. And we can be in a good mood. We can be filled with joy. We can be happy. We can be all the things that that book says we can. But we got to stop living for the devil and start living for God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to quit living for what this world tells us? It says, do not lean on your understanding. What's that mean? What's that really mean? Huh? You don't know nothing to lean on, so get with God. Lean on God. Quit worrying about what kind of car you drive. Quit worrying about how much gas you got in your car. Quit worrying about that little pain in your foot. Quit worrying about all that other stuff that you worry about. And start worrying about something that's important. What is my relationship with Christ? Where am I at in this walk? Am I a part of the solution? Or am I part of the problem? Am I part of the problem? I challenge you on this today. Make a commitment this morning that no matter what's going on in life, no matter what the world tells you is going on in life, confirm it, check it with the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about it. Let me help you. Ezekiel says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, nothing under the sun, S-U-N, has any value to God whatsoever. If it don't mean anything to God, if it don't mean anything to God, what should it mean to you? Now that is a win, son. Should be everything in your life. I know, I just got to get my head right here. And if I cast out demons, by, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if you cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Oh, Joe, I ain't a demon caster. You better be one. You better be one. You better start casting those demons out of your life. I mean, who knows your demons better than you do? 
Who knows your thoughts better than you do? Who knows your stinking thinking better than you do? God. <laughs> well, Charlie, with you, is self-explanatory. <laughs> Nothing, no bad punch there, buddy. I love Charlie to death, right? Due to popular demand, I really do like Charlie. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first blinds the strong man and then will he plunder the house? How am I going to enter this world and defeat the devil if I don't blind him first? I got to blind him with the Spirit of God. I got to blind him with my faith in Jesus. Y'all remember a while ago I told you, get so busy in God that the devil can't find you? That's blinding him. When you get so strong in the spirit that he can't touch your spirit, he can't touch your brain either. It's time, folks. It's time for us to stop the mamby-pamby, I ain't going to say panty waste, stuff that we do. No, I didn't say it. <laughs> Guys, it's time to get over this crud. It's time to stop living for the devil. It's time to stop living for the world. It's time to put away our childish ways and grow up. Grow up. Put the Spirit where the Spirit needs to be. Put God in front of yourself. Uh-huh. Stop worrying about things that don't matter to nothing. What, what good is all your treasures on earth? Where's your best treasures laid up at? In heaven. People keep saying, I ain't never seen a U-Haul or an armored car going to, going to a funeral. I'm going to have so much blessing in heaven, I'm going to have to have an armored car to carry me there. Because I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to work for that. I'm going to make sure that I lay some stuff up in heaven because I have been through hell on earth. And I'm tired of it. I may be broke, disgusted, and busted, but you know what? I'm a child of God, and I'm going to heaven where I'm going to be rich and famous. When I walk through the gates of heaven... God is going to be standing there, and he's going to be looking at me, and he's going to say, J.R., there's your new gold wing. Get on it and soar, brother. You are blessed all the way through. Well done, my good and faithful child. That's all I want to hear. I like that gold wing part, though. <laughs> I want to do a burnout down the main street of heaven and leave a black mark for about 10 seconds because it would go away. Huh? <laughs> but they'll go away right away because God said there ain't no trash in heaven. Oh yeah, he's already he, Gary and Gunner, Pratt, Rodman, Old Man Winter, Charlie, a whole bunch of folks, a whole bunch of folks have gone on before us. 
and they're preparing a way for us. Be careful. Be careful how you live. Be careful what you say. Be careful how you feel about others. Be careful how you judge other people. Because whatever you say, judge them with, that's the same measure you'll be judged by. Live by the law, die by the law, right? I live by faith, so guess what? I'm going to die by faith. So I ain't going to die at all. Because my faith says I ain't dying. My faith in Christ says I have eternal life. Y'all think I'm old now? Wait about 150, 160 years. I'm still going to be young and pretty. Judge not, yea, you shall be judged likewise. <laughs> I got news for you. I'm beautiful right now because God created me in His image. All right. It's time to get serious. I've been kidding around a little bit. But I've also hit you with some pretty hard stuff this morning. My question to you is, did any of it take? Did you receive any of it this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's find out. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Today is your day. You got sickness in your body? You want a healing? You want to be healed from that disease and that thing that's in you? Today's the day to do it. Are you living this world under false pretenses that you're trying to be somebody you're not? It's time to give that up too. Are you totally 100% positively sure that if you die today, your next breath will be in heaven? Are you 100% convinced that your name is in the book of life? And that no matter what you've done or where you've been, the blood of Jesus is all over you. Have you really asked Him into your heart? Or have you just played the part? Oh, it was a show for whoever could see it. Did you really and truly mean when you said you believed that He was the Son of God and that He died on the cross for you and that He was buried in a tomb and here's the cool part, was resurrected again. Because see, without His resurrection, there couldn't be a resurrection for us. Because He was resurrected, we can be resurrected. And then the next thing is, do you know that you know that you know that He's coming back for you? You see, there's a lot of questions to ask, isn't there? But the most important question you need to ask yourself today is, am I truly washed in the blood? Have I been baptized with the Holy Spirit? And am I walking in the presence of God? Or am I just pretending? Oh, Jerry, I've been to your seminaries. I've been to, I've been to all these things that you've done. I've, been, I've listened to you preach for... 13 years now. I really believe it. But do you really believe it? 
Do you really have Christ in your life today? If you don't, let's fix it. Do you really believe that God is in charge of your life? That you no longer have an option? Oh, I get so sick of people saying, I got a free will. I can do what I want to. Not according to that word. According to that word, I belong to Jesus Christ. And I have to be obedient to God. Because I was paid for with a price. Oh, I'm not a slave, am I? I'm not a slave, am I? By definition, a slave, someone owns you. And I tell you right now, God owns me. Jesus Christ paid the price for me. He owns me. And when he says go, I'm going to go. When he says preach, I'm going to preach. And when he says stop, I'm going to stop. Or I'm going to do my best. So where are you today? Are you still walking around in that darkness called sin? Are you walking in the light called Jesus? Have you given your life to God and committed yourself to doing right? Even when right hurts? Even when you don't like the right? Are you willing to stand up for it? What about your illnesses and your sicknesses? Are you wanting to live with them forever? Or do you want to be healed? It's up to you. Don't let these words fall on deaf ears today. Remember when I said when we started this, open their ears and let them hear it. And open their eyes and let them see the truth. Open the ears that you hear the Word of God and open your eyes that you don't see what somebody else is doing. The eyes that you need to see with are the internal eyes to see what you are. And then be honest with yourself about it. Let's go, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I ask that you come into this place today, that you open eyes and open ears and open hearts. Watch over us as we travel today. Watch over us as we go to our homes. Be with us as we go to the funeral this afternoon of a dear sister. Father, I'm not a judge, and I don't know what the circumstances are, but I know this. The family is hurting, and they need support. They need our prayers. They need our help, and they need our lives. We need to show people how to live for God, and we need to do it in numbers. We need to do it in emotion. And we need to do it in physical person. Father, watch over us as we go through the day. If there's anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus, or anybody in the sound of my voice that doesn't know who Christ is, and who has really truly gave their life to Him, right now is your moment. Right now could be your last moment to do so. So, don't put it off. If you need it, right now is the time to receive it. Okay, I'm going to take by the no movement in the room that everybody in here is saved.
I'm going to take it that you've accepted Christ. And every one of you know who Jesus is. Now, get up off your tails. Get up off your morals. Get up off your laurels. And start doing what God called you to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.